Good morning, church. What a great series we've been a part of. If this is your first Sunday joining in or your first Friday joining in for our family in Dubai, uh, we have been in the middle of a series called Giant Slayers. And I have just been hearing incredible feedback, especially from people that have been believing for miracles. And I just want to thank you for entering your details. In fact, we have a dedicated website called slaymygiant.com. And I've just been loving you jumping up on there and typing in your, your what you're believing for, your faith statement, your miracles. And I believe at the end of the series, we're going to have a moment as a church family uh, celebrating. But week one, we looked at the purpose of giants, or rather the goals of a giant. Week two, we looked at this. In fact, the title of my message was Thank You, Goliath. Uh, I spoke about how sometimes the presence of giants in our life is going to be the the point of breakthrough in the greatness that God has called us to. Week three, we had Pastor Tim Hall just explored our minds in this incredible Bible study on giants. My favorite part was when he spoke about Caleb and he called, called Caleb. The we, name, the, the meaning of the word Caleb is a wild dog. Week chapter four, which, week four rather, which is today, yeah, we're going to look a bit deeper on the story of David and Goliath. We've sort of been dancing back and forth on that story, but today we're going to dig a bit deeper. One of the things we established about a giant is that a giant is quite intimidating in nature. A giant sort of, you know, when I think about the giant, I feel like he's closing in, he's breathing on your neck, he's sort of right around your shoulder. It's sort of a presence that's quite intimidating. And so 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want to read some of the strategies of the giant, and I believe this message is going to be very powerful. In fact, the title of this message is Trash Talk. You're going to really understand the title of the message as we go into the message. But 1 Samuel 17, verse 8, it says, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servant of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. I want you to notice the first thing the giant does is he tells them, why are you all coming out? In other words, he was challenging their unity. He was trying to challenge their unity. Verse 9, he says, choose a man. And then he says, if this man kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I want to scroll down to verse 16. This is what it says. For 40 days... Every morning and evening, the Philistine champion, or Mr. Goliath, strutted in front of the Israelite army for 40 days, every morning and evening. Some of you heard me talk about Dr. Cho. Dr. Yongi Cho, pastor of the largest church in the world, uh, wrote, has written some amazing books on faith, on words. And in one of his books, he was sharing about a breakfast he was having. So he was having breakfast with this uh, with this neuroscientist, with this brain surgeon, uh, and, and they were talking about the human body, they were talking about the human brain, and all of a sudden, this, this uh, neuroscientist and, and brain surgeon, he was saying that, do you know that the speech center of the human brain dominates all of our nerves? So all of our nervous system has been uh, is has controlled by the speech center of the brain. And Dr. Cho replies to him, of course I know, because Dr. James told me. And so this, this neuroscientist, this, this brain surgeon is like, Dr. Who? Like, 
And so he's, he literally quotes James chapter 3, verse 5, which is likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. In fact, if you look at James chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, it's a continuum about the power of the tongue. It talks a lot about how bad the tongue can be. But literally what James chapter 3 is saying is that our tongue is our steering wheel. I want you to think about the vehicle that you used to come this morning. I want you to use the think about the vehicle that you used to drive. That little steering wheel that you and I, you and I use controls the whole body. No matter how big your SUV is, even if you're driving a tank, it does not matter. That little steering wheel. And literally the Bible is saying the tongue has the power to control the whole body. Although the tongue is such a small organ, it has such a great influence. Uh, when a person keeps saying, building on that thought, when a person keeps saying, I'm feeling weak, I believe that our brain literally starts sending messages to our nervous system. I believe our nerves start talking to each other, saying, the brain, the headquarters is saying that you're weak or the headquarters is saying that you're not strong or the headquarters is saying that you're tired or the headquarters is saying you're about to die. And literally what happens is your body starts shutting down, your body starts uh, feeling weak. I know of stories of people, and this is not to open too many stories, but I know of stories of people that, that once, there was this one individual who actually lied to his family that he, was, he had cancer. And, and uh, I won't get into the reasons of why he did that, but for whatever reason he did. And the thing that he said in his confession was that he never had cancer, but his body began to have symptoms like he had cancer. I mean, I'm telling you, our body is so powerful. No wonder the book of Philippians says to us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this morning, as you're part of this service, I want to encourage you. If you've been telling yourself that you're weak, I want you to change your language. I want you to start saying that you are strong. That's why, that's why it says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. There's a power in that confession. It's not just to make us feel good or make us feel nice, but literally as you say those words, you're sending nerves down. You're sending a message to your nervous system. I know just building on this whole thought of nerves and neurology, I don't know if you've heard the word neuroscience. Neuroscience is the study of the human brain and the nervous system. Under neuroscience, over the last 17 odd years, there's this terminology that's come up called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, and it's such an interesting uh, concept, and the whole thought process behind neuroplasticity is that the human brain can be manipulated like plastic. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, like plastic can be melted, plastic can be shaped. I mean, think about that water bottle that you might have. Uh, you know, you can, you can crush that, you can shape that, you can mold that. If you put a certain temperature, you can shape it into a certain thing. And so I want to build on this because what I'm sharing to you is just not my own observations, but this has been proved uh, by research and proved by doctors and scientists, but here's what they say. When, when someone's been through abuse, which is quite painful, what happens in the human brain is you have what you call like a skid mark. If you've ever driven a car, you know, and if, it's, if, the, if the driving's too rough, the tires make sort of the little, little sort of an, 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 a dent or an indent on the ground, and so there's like a skid mark, and that's what happens in our human brain. Literally, there's a mark there. But what begins to happen after that is that child out of trauma, out of that not being addressed, not going through a time of healing, sort of finds himself or herself in a pattern where the skid mark gets 
written over and over and over. So what was a, a tragic incident that happened once now begins to establish a pattern. In the pattern, what begins to happen is their, sh the, their brain literally begins to be reconfigured around that abuse. Are you, are you tracking with me? Then your life, your perspective, your mindsets, your attitudes, your interactions, everything gets influenced by that one painful moment, out of that one skid mark moment. I don't know if you've heard of this uh, uh, leader in the body of Christ called Dr. Caroline Leaf. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, in fact, if, you, if what I'm sharing is intriguing you and sort of you're like, I want to know more about it, I would love for you to grab a hold of a book. It's available wherever book, books are sold. But Dr. Caroline Leaf teaches on the, the association of thoughts and trees. And she uses this whole example where she literally says that if you look at the human brain, a thought enters the human brain as a seed and then it starts to grow a little bit, some roots some branches, and literally have trees. Thoughts are like trees, and as you think, you are changing, and you're adding or removing branches. No wonder Psalm chapter 1 says, He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. I don't think God was necessarily saying that you and I look like a tree. I think God was saying that in our, in our neuroplasticity, in the concept of neuroplasticity, in, in the neurological linings of who we are as humans, that when we abide on the law of God, when we abide on the word of God, you, we can create positive trees, fruitful trees. But if you do nothing about it, what begins to happen is we start growing weeds in our mind. We start growing toxic trees. And so I, I want to read now, based on everything I shared with you, I want to read uh, verse 16 again. This is what it says. For 40 days, talking about Goliath, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Now, when we read this, we don't think too much. But based on what I just shared, I want you to see a few things. What do you think Goliath was doing? If Goliath was really the champion that he says he was, he would call for a fight. But what did he do? He came out one day. He came out another day. He came out another day. What was he doing? He was planting seeds that were growing to become trees, and he did that twice a day, morning and evening. In other words, he was creating routine. See, a lot of times we think routine is just to do with good habits, but routine can also come around dysfunction. What are the dysfunctions in my life? What are the dysfunctions in your life that we have surrendered to that morning and evening is just a habit that gets us into a certain mindset. That's what Goliath was doing. He was being this big intimidating giant, but what he was doing was he was coming and shouting and yelling and breathing over them and sort of saying, I'm going to beat you morning and night, religiously. Can you think about it? And here's the crazy part. All of Israel came out to see him. In fact, when there were not too many people on day 29, they got more people. Come and see this. Come and see. And this is what happens, isn't it? When we've got that voice that talks to us, that intimidates us, that tells us that we are nothing, we spend more energy trying to convince people about the voices in our head. And that is what this, 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 this giant was doing. But here's the interesting part. It says he did this every morning and evening for 40 days. Now, habit experts tell us that it takes us between 21, 26 days to 40 days to create a habit. I wonder what the enemy was trying to do here. Was he trying to ground them to such a point that they would be so intimidated? I believe if there was no David, there would have been no fight. 
there would have been no battle, but probably two years down the road, this would still be the shouting competition between the giant and God's people. Because you know why? Let me tell you something about the giant. The giant really cannot do anything. All he can do is dispower you. All he can do is remove the power that you have. He knows that God has given you all power. But he says, if I can steal their power by lying to them, by being that voice in their head. And so that's what the giant does. He begins to trash talk. He begins to talk trash to our heads. He begins to say, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to take you down. You are nobody. There's nothing good that's going to come out of your life. You're going to die of this disease. You're never going to buy a home. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. And that's exactly what the giant does. But let me tell you, the world may treat you like trash, but God calls you his treasure. The world may treat you like trash, but God calls you his treasure. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke to our church family about the power of declaration. And this message, in a way, resonates or sort of is an echo of that. I had so much feedback on the power of declaration that this is what we're doing this week on our Slaying Giants website. We're going to put out 80 declarations. If you're, a, if you're a male watching this, we've got specific declarations concerning you and who you're called to be. If you're a female watching this, there's a specific, there's a couple of like 20 odd declarations designed for you. And then there's a general declaration that we're going we're gonna to go after. But I believe that as we enter 2021, let's declare our way into the goodness of God. Because Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, this is what it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Literally, the author in the book of Philippians is saying, don't just think, he's saying fix, fix. That means there's a pattern. That means, he's what the author is telling us. If we don't get disciplined in our declaration, the enemy is going to bring some random Goliath who's going to creep in the morning, who's going to creep in at night for 40 days and say all sorts of things. Let me tell you, even to grow weeds, there needs to be some intentionality, and that's what the enemy does. So why are we giving territory in our calendars, in our minds? We're going to get disciplined down for church. We're going to be people that are going to go out with a declaration. I want to share with you some of my declarations. Here's some of my declarations. God has anointed me to lead my home, to lead my marriage, to lead my family, and to lead my church. God has anointed me. Our staff is fantastic, and they've been graced by God to do whatever is put before them. By faith, I believe that God will add to the church daily. My mind is in sync with the mind of God because I have the mind of Christ. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let what I consume bring glory to God. My heart is tender before you, God, so I'm open and I'm receptive to what is on your heart. And so these are some of the declarations that I pray over myself, that I pray over my family, that I pray over my church, that I pray over you. And so here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you today, but I want to pray specifically for anxiety and depression. 
And the reason I want to pray for this is because you may have other needs, but here's what I've come to realize, that be it cancer, be it finances, uh, be, it, uh, be it loneliness, be it everything, all of these are rooted in, in, in the fruit of that is some form of anxiety, some form of depression. And I want to encourage us this morning to understand that there is an enemy out there who's out there to kill, steal, and destroy and take away your joy. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every person that's going through some form of heaviness, some form of bitterness, some form of anxiety, some form of depression, and I declare I want to stand in the face of that Goliath and I want to say you take your hands off God's people like Moses stood before Pharaoh I want to stand before your church I want to stand before your children God and I want to say this morning devil let God's people go Pharaoh let God's people go in the name of Jesus I thank you God for the birthright that you've given each one of us that we are your treasures in earthen vessels and Lord we rebuke the trash we say no to the trash we say enough is enough and this morning we align our lips with your word and just as we've heard the power of neuroplasticity Holy Spirit we submit our mind our hearts our spirit our brains our our thinking patterns to you. And we say, God, design and create within us a new way of thinking. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. I want you to take a moment over the next few, over the next one week rather, to take one practical step. It might be a mindset. I want you to just take inventory of, of what, what are the things. When does Goliath creep up? Does he creep up in the morning? Does he creep up at work? Does he creep up in the evening? Does he creep up in a certain conversation? When does he creep up? And I want you to take a step of faith. It might be a declaration that you need to find in scripture. It might be a declaration that you can find on the website. But I want you to take one action step. It's great that we've had a great message this morning. But I want you to take one action step today, this week, that's going to impact you in the right direction. God bless you and I love you.